What's up, guys? Welcome to the UGC podcast. I'm Abraham, and I'm with my brother James. What's going on, guys? And today, we're going to talk about socialism. So what's this up here? Socialism kills and is incompatible with Christianity. One of the things about socialism is that everybody is equal. You know, communism means everybody's communal. So there is supposed to be this kind of communal culture, and what ends up happening is this ideological thought policing. So right now, I'm not talking about economic socialism or anything like that. I'm talking about what happens inside of a communist nation. Okay. You know? A lot of people who are like, maybe we can call them modern socialists, mm. right, actually have a different definition of socialism and capitalism than, for example, free market capitalists do, which you know, I'm a free market capitalist, and I do believe in a necessary amount of socialism to keep the market kind of in check. But it's different with modern socialists, where they believe that socialism overrides the free market. That is essentially and accurately what it is. So the underlying principle is that the free market gives people the power to choose which companies to support. And as these companies become more profitable because they're rewarded by the support of the free will and free choice of the consumer, their profits will then go back into the economy in order to improve their products, product improvement and innovation, right? Marketing. And what that does is as their company grows, it creates more jobs in those exact areas. So consumer and public relations jobs will open up to get to know the consumer better and science and innovation to improve their products, to make better products. Because and then you'll have marketing jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a competition. But what happens with socialism is it really is a soft leading into communism because of the mindset it breeds within the people where they have now a reliance on the government to take care of things for them. They don't feel a sense of individual personal responsibility. And so the government has to build these big programs to make them feel safe and to take care of everything for them. And now we need to tax the wealthy more. It's not fair. They're not paying their fair share. They're too rich. And the idea, the idea is if we do that, then it gets put into these programs that then help the middle class grow. And it's the exact opposite. Because if you look at California, for example, which I spent a portion of my youth growing up in California, even 10 years ago, California their socialist policies were already failing because I remember 10 years ago, the top 1% were paying around 50% of all of the taxes. And wow. now fast forward 2020, the middle class is all but gone in California. It's just the rich and it's like 10 cities, right? Because it's so expensive to live there that everybody is leaving. It's funny because like you can get the same place and the rents will be literally up to like, two and a half times more affordable in other neighboring states. Some of them are just like eight hours away. <laughs> so as you drive eight hours, you can get the same living conditions oftentimes for like twice as, as affordable. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's the idea. Where'd all the money go? You know, and when you put such power into one organization, and also when you start redistributing all this wealth, right? One, I think one of the things that kind of propels societal progress, which is what you said, James, innovation gets de-incentivized. 
So all of this work that I put into helping my customers do all this, that meant nothing. I get nothing from that. What, what was I working so hard for when all I could have done is just the bare minimum government-regulated product, and that's it. That's all I needed to do. But also, all that money that California apparently had in taxes, where did all that go? And that's another fundamental thing is... What checks are there if we are in this socialist redistribution type of society? Who gets to decide how things get redistributed and who keeps them in check? There's always a mistrust of people in power somewhere. For example, like you'll notice as a general rule of principle that socialists believe that like the wealthy, these big companies, the wealthy people are more so going to have evil tendencies. And we need to now make the government bigger to provide this big safety net to keep these wealthy people in check. And then, you know, capitalists will tend to believe the opposite, right? We believe that the government, if it gets too big and too powerful, like this big brother government, right? Now you have lawmakers, bureaucrats, really essentially rulers that are going to take away our, our freedoms. And so... It's funny. It's, it's always like one or the other. It's whether you trust the free market or you trust the government more. I actually have a pretty good example that might illustrate socialism in action. Okay. Yeah. So what happened in the past, divorce and all that was mediated just with the family and with the surrounding community, right? With just the man and the wife, they mediated that, right? But what happened was people began to, okay, you know, this person is getting victimized, the woman's getting victimized, or the man's getting victimized, whoever's getting victimized. So, you know what? Let's bring the government in on this, and let's have a government mediator decide all of the different aspects of divorce. So who gets what money and all that kind of stuff. So that the faceless government entity, who's going to be whatever judge that you get, makes the final decisions on what actually happens and not everything should just be free reign like the wild, wild west. Sometimes there are necessary programs considered more socialist. But like you said, it's the fundamental underlying principle with the example that you provided of where that goes over time. You know, we give up all our individual personal responsibilities and we say there's some bigger organization out there that's handling it. And here's the thing. That's what happens when we begin to re redistribute wealth, where you take the belongings of other people, something that they earned, and you redistribute that, but who redistributes that? Just the government. Hmm. And you know, you keep having this socialist cycle of, okay, there's this evil, and the evil is, say, lack of education. Okay, bring everybody into the schools, right? So now the school is this government-run thing, and now the curriculums can change. And the same thing with the economy. California, you know, let's take all this tax money, let's redistribute it, where the heck did it go? Where did all that money go? Why are there so many homeless people? Where are the programs? Yeah, it's, it's really like now the government are your parents and you're a child that's constantly relying on them. And the fundamental mindset is coming from a place of when you're a socialist, you're looking at people who have more than you and you're relying on in some way they need to be taxed more. Something needs to be done about them so that I can now be boosted and lifted up to on an equal level. That's the fundamental ideology. 
Whereas if you're a more of a capitalist, you're not really paying attention to people who have more than you like that. You're actually looking at them as inspiring influences to try and achieve their level. And it causes you to realize you're like, you know what? Nobody else is going to just come down and scoop me up and save me from the situation I'm in. I need to make something happen on my own. And um, other people have done it before me. It's not going to be easy. This is realistic. This is real life. There's no big government that's going to come in and save me. So now what it does is it forces you to grow and it makes you more competitive. It makes you a little bit tougher. Like look at everybody who's ever accomplished anything profound or of great value in history. They've always had to go through some tough times. They had to go through a lot of growth. It was hard, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like people have now completely discredited the value of hard work. And now it's all about, no, big government could take care of it for me. That's not fair. Pointing the finger at other people. It's like you shouldn't be worried about other people so much. And worry about your own grind. Worry about what you're going to do. That's the underlying fundamental principle. Here's what sells socialism, right? And I watched this video, and it was this college graduate girl. And she had a sign, a cardboard sign that was hanging on her neck. And it said $200-something thousand dollars of debt. And they're interviewing her. You know, They're asking her, so why do you want to vote for Bernie? And she's like, well, it's because I have this debt. And, you know, thanks to Bernie, you know, if Bernie gets elected, then the rich people could pay for my tuition. It shows the lie. You know, it's not about equality and redistribution. It's about distributing all of the responsibility to the people that have enough money to be able to handle that responsibility, like debt or something like that, and leaving it to someone else to do. Hey, we have this homeless problem. Let's boost up the taxes for rich people And someone's going to somehow take care of it. Right. And what's funny is this permeates, this infiltrates and permeates social culture as well, man. Like people's very mindsets. People think this is just, oh, it's politics, it's economics, whatever. You know, I got my job. But it's like this affects everyone around us that you interact with. This This affects you outside of the job with your friends, with your family at home, because people adopt this mindset as a culture, as a cultural norm. Right. And when you go out and hang out with your friends, because I've witnessed this, especially living in like a a lefty state like California, I've seen people change. (laughs) I've seen the people there, the older they get, the more comfortable and accommodated they get in this mindset of this lefty socialist. It's like they'll buy these diluted arguments against capitalism, against, you know, oh, look. But this conservative got in office and raised taxes here, but didn't raise taxes enough on the rich. They're like often red herring lands and they don't see the bigger picture of what's happening to them and their culture as a whole. (laughs) But yeah, man, it's like uh, what it does is um, it permeates inside the social culture of even just when you're hanging out with your friends and you're having conversations. It becomes a crabs in a barrel mentality where you actually start shaming people who are more competitive in nature and who have bigger dreams and goals. And they're like, you know, I want to make this happen. Now everybody in that group, because they have this socialist equality mindset, right? They're like, well, look at this guy. This guy thinks he's better than us. And that I'm telling you, this is what happens, man. (laughs) You know, I've, I've seen it over and over and over again. And so that translates to everything else in your social interactions. It becomes, oh, this person is too sure of himself. He's too opinionated. How do you know? Have you equally considered everybody else's feelings and opinions around you? Because what you're saying might offend one person in the room. So you got to be careful because there's 10 of us here. And if even one of us gets offended, you're not equally considering. And so it's the silly thing where it's like now 
it goes away from thinking about things as facing reality for what it is. Seeking truth, that is completely sacrificed in favor of everybody is this communist group of feelings. This is Borg, right? Is this hive mind Borg? Protect the feelings. And so, yeah, and that transforms as this group think, right? As this group think transforms into this entity, it becomes this government type of thing. That's when it becomes dangerous. You you know, Orwell, George Orwell? Yeah. The the dude that wrote 1984. 1984. What he was worried for, because he saw the pattern that when this group think goes beyond just community type of, we're all working together. What ends up happening is the same type of cruel people go into power and use that power to their own advantage or to the advantage of their own ideology. And that's where we have the book 1984, where now you have this totalitarian government where everybody's rights are taken away. It's so far removed from the, hey, let's share all our stuff and you know let's be happy together, right? Which is what socialism looks like in a very small scale. But what Orwell was afraid of was if you bring that into the big scale and if you put people in power, maybe even not evil, people with their own self-interest in power, you end up with Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. You end up with these communist societies. It's funny because whenever I speak with socialists, right, they always say that those examples are too extreme. You know, like Venezuela, what happened in Cuba? You know, oh, that's too extreme. extreme. It's like, it's not at all, man. Like, Venezuela was funny, a capitalist, thriving capitalist. A lot of these guys have yeah. been brainwashed by like these silly redefinitions of things. They redefine terms and they redefine concepts. Like once again, I had to flip around the concept of which area should you protect power in? The free market or the government? Which one do you got to protect power? And socialists are all about taking down the power of the free market by empowering the government more. And so free market capitalists, which is what the United States was founded upon with Adam Smith, protecting the free market, right? giving the people the right and the freedom to choose which companies to buy from, which companies to support. The companies have to compete for the consumer, whereas in socialism, the government takes advantage of the people. So it's because they're lazy. I really think it's because it is, man. of laziness. Is. Like that girl with the, she knew she couldn't deal with her 200 some odd thousand dollar debt and turned that into, hey, these rich people, they're evil with all their money and let's take it from them and have them pay for my bad decisions. Right. And you know what's funny is everything is connected, man. Sometimes we lose sight of just like, common sense, like the fundamental instincts that we all know in our gut, this is how reality is. So if you just protect this person and provide everything for them, then they're going to usually be like these spoiled brats, right? By contrast, look at, remember the movie like 300 men with the Spartans. What did they do to their kids? They like threw them out in the wilds. <laughs> That's like what happened at the beginning of that movie, right? They threw one of the boys out into the wild in like the snow. And he was wearing like you know, barely anything. And he had, yeah. he had to build his own spear and he had to fight like a wolf. You know that like what the Spartans did, there's something about that that's badass, right? It's like, wow, they were like really tough on themselves. <laughs> but they were also like the best, you know what I'm saying? And so that's the underlying principle. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to say, oh, so you just want to like, for example, maybe socialists, but you don't have a heart, you know, what do you want to just everybody to have a tough life? And it's like, they don't understand the principle of 
life doesn't have value to you until you've been through something tough. And then you realize like, now I see that was like, it shows me the real value of things. Life is really lame if you just live in this comfortable life where everything is provided for you, which is the socialist mindsets, right? Whether they want to admit it or not, that's what it is. That's where it comes from. Because if it wasn't, then they would be like, I don't need the government. I don't need this program. I'm going to make it happen by myself. I have the ability to make this happen. You know, it's me and I God. Would say, I would God say the socialists, right. are, I'm going to do this degree and I'm going to enact social justice, right? And then boom, the bill comes. You know, you're graduated, the bill comes and it's like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000, right? Dang. And it's like, oh my goodness, I have to do a nine to five? Oh my gosh. I mean, these companies, are they going to take me? I have no technical experience. Do I have to work at Starbucks? working for 11 to $15 an hour, right? Yeah. No. What I'm going to do is, hey, this Bernie Sanders guy is saying he's going to take all the money from this rich people and he's going to force them to pay for my tuition that I decided to do, right? Instead of taking responsibility and go going, okay, I have this debt. I'm going to pay it off because this is what I decided. It sucks. Nobody at that point wants to do that. And that's why a lot of the youth today is already screwed. So it's like they almost have to support somebody like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, because they're spoiled. Oh, Bernie could make it happen. By the way, he's never going to make it happen. He's just going to make it worse. I mean, look at California. Once again, the top 1% was paying for like 50% of the taxes 10 years ago. And fast forward, there's like almost no middle class in California. It's way too expensive to live there for most people. Anyways, and, you know, the reason why this is non-Christian, too, is because it really, at the core of it, it'll breed a society that is against independent thinking, the ability to innovate, you know, change, do things differently. And why is that Christian? Because you need that ability to think for yourself and to analyze things objectively, apart from the group's feelings. You need that ability to seek truth and to discover truth. So if Jesus Christ is the truth then you're never, it's going to be like, you're never going to be able to find out because you're going to be thought policed by all of the popular opinions of your friend group, you know, and it wouldn't matter if there's evidence that 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ died, was buried in a tomb. And three days later, the tomb was empty. And the Bible says he was seen of over 500 people at once. So none of these types of things will matter to you because you will have no ability to assess them because you will not have trained and practiced and toughened up your mind to think for yourself because you're, you know, you're just comfortably thought police to the point where you don't challenge anybody's feelings in the group, right? You don't want to get ahead of anybody. You don't want to check this out. You don't want to seem smarter than anybody. When do you become a snob? When do you become a know-it-all? Well, guess what? We should all try to become know-it-alls. We're never going to be know-it-alls. Okay. But like, you see how they redefine terms because now that word know-it-all seems like it's evil. It's like, no, you should want to know more. The Bible says we need to increase the knowledge as well. Right. Mm -hmm. It also says that knowledge puffs up, but you know we gotta have a we have to have an understanding of what in context of the current times and what's going on. You know, it's like, oh, who's this guy think he is? You know, whatever. How do you know everything? Oh, that disagrees with my feelings. It's all connected. All of this stuff is interwoven. These lefty cultures and these lefty cultures are permeating the rest of the United States and the world, and uh, people don't know it. Like it just sneaks in under the radar, and before you know it, the generation that's one younger than you starts behaving and policing each other just like that, but they don't see it. If somebody in the group starts doing better, if somebody in the group starts demonstrating like, wow, this guy studied a lot, this guy's smarter, or maybe this guy's more athletic, or this guy's just simply better at something than somebody else, right? What it used to be is people used to cheer that person on, or they would use him as an example and say like, what's he doing? Like, hey, help me to get better too. 
that's the idea. You know, now the whole nation grows and we get, we become prosperous as a nation, right? Everybody has a strong work ethic, but now it's like, oh, where's this guy going? Bring him down. See, see, one is everybody is moving forward. The other one is everybody is dragging you down. You know, stop getting ahead. Who do you think you are? Oh, he thinks he's so special. Look at him. Oh, man. Like, bro, I'm telling you, that's what it is. That's literally what it is. So then what it is, is it's a delusion to where we don't realize, like, we've been softened so much that we don't realize just how difficult it is to actually accomplish something. And that that is really what's worthwhile. We should all be trying to do that. But now it's the opposite. Now we're all just trying to like hang back. We're trying to stifle our own, our own abilities because we're waiting for, you know, everybody in the group. Oh, we got to care about the group. It's like, that's not how you care about the group. man. <laughs> you care about the group by you yourself being the best that you can be. And then you can now contribute something back to that group that is really of value. You see the difference in the mentality. So, you know, it's all embedded in the culture, man. It's, it's all interwoven. That's why we talk about Sometimes like pastors might say, we shouldn't talk about politics. There's certain topics that we got to keep out of church culture or whatever. And it's like, uh, it's all interwoven. It is all interwoven together. So, It is. You know, the, the saddest part of the example that I brought up is seen in a certain light, it's not the girl's fault, you know, because her entire life, for all of our entire lives, we were told the best thing, the thing to do is go to college. And you have to get that college experience. It would be, you know what I'm saying? If the college, if colleges operated more with like a free market principle and they were not being dictated to by like UN policies, education policies that are trickling down, people don't really see what's going on because they don't see the big picture either. But yeah, go ahead, Abraham. I completely agree with that. And it's an ideological thing. And this girl, they didn't know. And that's my point. That's why I think it's so tragic so tragic because this is a self-perpetuating delusion. You know, it goes back to the concept I just described before of like nobody can get ahead because now you're leaving everybody else behind. And so this is so dangerous because we literally don't have, these kids don't have practice thinking critically. They'll get punished because if they come to a conclusion that is different from popular opinion, they'll get punished for that. You know, that's crazy. What are you, a conspiracy theorist over there? It's like, what? It might not have anything to do with conspiracies at all. It might just be that this kid is smart and he exercised his brain and he came up with something innovative and new that other people have not heard yet. And now he's going to get shut down. See, this, this is the scary thing about socialism being the soft leading into communism is it's not just an economics, political system. It's this is something that infiltrates your very mind to the yep. core of your being, your identity, your very abilities. It changes who you are as a person, what you believe what you think about minute to minute because you'll thought police yourself because your thoughts will be like, Oh, that's silly. I need to think like the rest of my friends around. No, what it should be is that, I mean, check that, you know, let's make this fun, Abraham. Let's make this fun. Right? So when we were kids, what was one of the most popular TV shows in the world? Pokemon, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody Pokemon. that show is still going. They're like on the 10th season or something. Right. And Ash is still like the same age. <laughs> but uh, so Pokemon was popular. I remember that when Pokemon was first released in the United States, I was 10 years old and Ash Ketchum, the main character in Pokemon, was 10 years old. And I was like, yo, this is this is crazy, man. But, uh, you know, in that show, they each have to, like, train themselves in a different way, like a different trade, a different expertise, raising different types of Pokemon or something, right, and become a specialist in that area. And then it's their differences that now that they're so good at that, 
they have to be allowed to be different and better than the group at something in order for them to then come back to the group and provide their expertise and they're recognized as the expert in that area, right? And so now what we have is from a young age in social culture, it's the opposite, right? As soon as somebody starts becoming an expert in something that you're not, you get jealous and envious. Like, that's not fair. Oh, look at this person. He thinks he's better. He thinks he's a know-it-all. Like, look at me. I'm telling you, bro, this is a thing that's yeah. permeating. You Suddenly they're a snob. I was having some conversation with some guy in California recently that he wanted to debate over socialism versus like capitalism. And I was going in on his arguments because his arguments were all fallacious. They were all fallacious, bro. Mm. And so I was like breaking them down. I was explaining to him that the very way he was arguing was completely you know, wrong. And he was not listening to anything I was saying either. And uh, his immediate response was just like, oh, you like to sound like you're smart. You, it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, it's like, he's not paying attention to any of the content that I'm saying. Now he's just like, oh, look at you. you what do you know it all? You see how that works, man. It's all, mm. people don't realize that they're like this, but this is how lefty culture is, man. They police each other like that. You know, you're hurting my feelings with that expertise that I don't have. It's like, man, that's... <laughs> You got to recognize that other people are going to be better than you at some things that you're not. And then that frees you up to be better at something that they're not. That's right. Bro, it's all embedded in the culture, man. This is why I enjoyed growing up in my youth in a free country because socializing with people was a lot better back then. We all had more freedom to be ourselves and to be good at certain things, to be different from other people in the group. That was okay to be different. Now, it's so funny, man, because these socialists are the very same people who want to be all-inclusive of different kinds of people, and yet they're the ones who are bringing about this communist ideology that's going to make everybody miserable because it's going to force them to reject different qualities within themselves. Well, it's because it's, it's an excuse. All the same, right? It's an excuse because they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. Now they say, okay, we're all in this together and give all the responsibility to a nameless entity. Or a faceless entity. You called the government. That's right. And that's the mindset. That's the socialist mindset right there. I'm somewhat, I had to change that mindset. And it was hard. And why I could admit to it is because I faced it head on. And it was hard. But you can do it. It's possible. And it's better to be, you know, on the other side, it's better to be in the truth than in the delusion. You know, looking back, you know, it's, it's way better being in the light than in the dark. Because we have Jesus Christ on our side. We have the truth on our side. And it will be hard, but you can get through it. Yeah, you know, similar experience here. So, and now it's, you know, it's sad because it's going to be a little bit harder, I think, for the younger generation to, to break out of that mindset. When we were growing up, you get faced with this. And the way that I was confronted with it, first and foremost, was actually in social culture. You know, my friends started to behave differently and I was wondering why. And I had a choice to make. I could suddenly just assimilate into the way that they were doing things. But I felt like I knew in the core of me, I felt like that would be me doing something against my own natural nature. And I was like, no, like I shouldn't have to give up this like this competitiveness about myself. It's not evil, you know, to be better and to learn things and to have more knowledge and to be able to talk about this knowledge with other people to share knowledge because that's the real wealth is sharing the wealth of knowledge not money right yeah so i had to eventually separate myself from certain groups and it was tough because when you're young that's hard to do at the beginning 
And you think that your closest friend groups, you think the whole world is like that. That's how it is when you're young. It's scary, you know, to, to separate yourself from that. But I did. And um, I had a lot of different work experience. I traveled around a lot. And I'm so thankful that I put myself in difficult situations because that's what created real value. And also, I learned way more doing manual labor and going home and reading books than I ever did in a four-year college. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Underground Church Podcast. I'm James. Abraham on the mic as well. Later, guys. Peace out.